that our thoughts create our feelings, not the amount of money we make. So if you're trying to grow your business to a certain revenue amount, thinking that when I get there, I'm going to feel better or more proud or more successful, I promise you that's not true. Welcome to Sincerely Future You, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking to scale their business by mastering their time, money, and drama. I'm your host, Jessica McKinley, founder of What's Happening Coaching, a life coaching program that helps ambitious women like you make decisions today with the future you in mind. Hola, hapsters. Did you guys know I speak Spanish? Sometimes... I forget what I've told you already, but I'm, uh, I'm thinking about that a lot because I have been thinking about how I want to raise my daughter and I raised my son. I say raised, like he's done, he's grown at five. He's like off on his own. No, I, but his younger years now that he's going into kindergarten, it does kind of feel like he's through the little kid phase and I am starting over at the same time as he's going to kindergarten and I'm thinking about how I did it. And I was at such a different place in my life. And I spoke Spanish to him all the time because I was alone all the time at home with him. So it was very easy for me to just decide what language the day was going to be in. Now I work from home with my fiance and he does not speak Spanish. And when Calvin comes home, he has opinions about what we're going to, what language we're going to speak. Sometimes he is very much not in the mood to speak Spanish. And it's been harder and harder to keep that up. He still goes to the Spanish immersion preschool, but you guys, I'm thinking about this for my daughter. I want Spanish for her. I want her to have this advantage that I think it is to be able to communicate with as many humans on the earth as possible in their native language. And it's one of my favorite skills that I have. And I would definitely resent my parents if they spoke a fluent language and didn't teach it to me. So, um, and especially if Calvin gets it and she doesn't, I keep saying she, but I'm going to tell you her name. You guys, I decided on the name of the baby introducing Marika Rose Ueno. So she is going to be one sixteenth Japanese. Mark's last name Ueno is Japanese. And I've always loved the name Marika. We're going to call her Mari for short, Mari, M-A-R-I-K-A, which (laughs) the word in Spanish with the C is not that great. So I wanted to make sure we did the emphasis on pronunciation on Mari, not on Marika, but I'm so I'm, I'm going into this phase of parenting so much more thoughtful. It's kind of like if you had a first business and now you're on a second evolution of your business and you just, you know, so much more now. And so I am really thinking about speaking Spanish more. So I'm committing to that. I'm going to be speaking Spanish more at home, even with Calvin. I'm setting up some policies in the house and I have decided to be more forthcoming with my desire for Mark to also start be speaking and learning Spanish and not me just correcting him, but him actually studying it a little bit. Um, so we're going to make some time for that so that we can have some Spanish family, full family activities. And I'm so excited for that. So anyway, I wanted to share that little personal note. 
And then also I wanted to share something else with you guys before we get started on this topic, which is the importance of transparency in the business. I was talking to one of my clients who was joking around about how she made her husband listen to the episode of budgeting as a couple, um, with Mark, uh, from a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, he was blown away because he heard you talk about the amount of money that you make. And he was like, she puts her salary on her podcast. And he was like, shocked. And she was like, yeah, that's the point. And what she had to say was that like, if I hadn't done that, and if I hadn't been doing that from the beginning, that she doesn't know that she would have the audacity to hire me because she wouldn't have been able to see herself in my shoes. She would just see where I'm at right now. And she would feel like that's further along and that's far away. And she needs to be further along before she can kind of see herself there. And I want you to always be thinking of ways to decrease the gap between where you're at and where your future self is at. I love to think about the fact that like the truth of who I am lives in the future, in the past and in the present all at the same time. Like right now, the future me who is a leader of a big team, who is uh, more widely known and the person that I am today, who is, you know, successful on different terms, successful as far as having a multiple six figure business, but not successful on the scale of multiple millions, which my future self is. It's like they're, they both exist. So how can we lessen the gap and kind of close the distance between your future self and your future self now? And one of those ways is to be really transparent with the journey. Like stop thinking of it as like the start and the end, like the before and after it's like, what is going on in the inside and, and surround yourself with other people who are transparent about their journey as well. Because when you can look at someone else's journey and see that it's not as far off, even just one aspect of it, it helps you kind of bridge the gap between where you're at and where you want to go. So for me, the two podcasts that did that for me with my business were of course, Brooke Castillo and the life coach school. And then also Sam Laura Brown's podcast. I believe it's perfectionist getting shit done. I think is the name of the podcast. I'll link it in the show notes, but Sam Laura Brown uh, was someone who I listened to her podcast a long time ago. And I think back in 2018, I found her podcast, I believe maybe 2019. And she would do quarterly like recaps of the back end of her business and give all the numbers, the goals, what her actuals were, what her expenses were. And I was blown away. I was like, this is gold. Why can't I get the behind the scenes and the numbers of everyone's business so that I stopped instead of me sitting there glorifying not only this person, but where they're at as this hundred percent sunshiny view of what it would feel like at X revenue. She talked about the 50, 50, and she talked about all the math. So she was like, okay, this is where I'm at, but this is where I wanted to be. And it's just always that solidified reminder of what I tell you guys all the time, which is that our thoughts create our feelings not the amount of money we make. 
So if you're trying to grow your business to a certain revenue amount, thinking that when I get there, I'm going to feel better or more proud or more successful, I promise you that's not true. You have access to that feeling right now. And one example of that for me is in my mastermind. I was on a coaching call yesterday and a bunch of us were sharing the results of our launches. I just had happening sessions launched, just completed. And we had our very first call yesterday, which went so great. I'm so excited for these women. And we have eight people in there. And I think it's really important for me to share with you that my goal was 15 people. This is my first ever open and closed launch. So I really had a lot of question marks as far as expectations of, you know, how I had my launch plan and I, I followed it, but certain things didn't go the way I was guessing that they would go. And I have so much to evaluate and learn from for my launch for October. And I'm just so excited to, to sell that out in October. I feel so confident in that because of what I learned in this process, but I felt so good about eight of 15 was my goal. And I went in and this other girl had a goal of 15 as well. Same price point, all the things. And she was in tears because she got 11 people. And her main thought was, I didn't do a good enough. I failed. I didn't do a good enough job. And it wasn't just, I failed. It was like, I am a failure. She had like lots of shame. And if I was a good coach, I would have helped people get there. I would have helped four more people get there, right? And I was like, whoa, isn't it so crazy how we could just have one thought and that thought can really create the feeling of success or failure that you think is created by the number, right? Other people could get 15 in there and they might be like, oh, but I did it in a hustly way or like, trust me, it's not the number that creates it. Or you can get there and be like, Oh, have this thought that I'm just not, I tricked them into being in this program and they should have been with another coach. I see that happen all the time, that imposter syndrome creeping in when you do hit the goal. So I wanted to be really transparent. I do feel really amazing about the quality of the eight entrepreneurs that are in this program. I think they're all really perfect fits for happening sessions. So I love that about the, uh, the delivery of this launch is I feel like I can feel so confident that every person that's in there is capable of getting all the results that I promised them. So excited to give you all the updates and, uh, share with you those hapsters in future hapster of the weeks. But yeah, I wanted to share that for you because if you're currently scaling towards something and scaling is our topic of the day, I don't want you to get sucked into this trap, into thinking like, once I arrive at this scaled result, I will feel X. So I wanted to be transparent, share some thoughts that are useful to me, share some other thoughts that I've seen that are not useful and encourage you to do the same thing for your audience. Be really open and transparent about what's going on in your business. There's nothing gross or weird about money. Okay. And if you're scared to share what's going on on the back end, it's probably because you have some messy or unclean thoughts about making money. And if, as long as you are really in service and you believe that the value of what you're offering matches the price that you're charging, then there, there shouldn't be any issues with talking about it and, and being transparent there. 
So yeah, I would love to offer that to you to see if it brings anything up. See if you need any coaching on that. If you have any feedback or any questions there, or if you feel stuck, please connect with me and DM me on Instagram at what's happening. WJS. Okay. Let's talk about scaling. Let's talk about the things and the limiting, the limiting beliefs that are causing you to get stuck in the scaling process and showing up in one of the hapsters most popular forms, which is people pleasing. So as we scale our business, we want to think about our future self because that's who it's going to affect. What's the point of scaling? Like really think about it. You're creating growth for your business and for your future self. So you want to scale in a way that is in some way more desirable for your future self to deliver and not just to your future self, but also to your future clients. So I think about these four things when I'm scaling money. Number one is money. That's the obvious scale, right? When someone says, oh, I'm scaling my business this year, they're like, okay, are you scaling it from 50K to 100K, 100K to 500K, 500K to a million? That's an obvious way to scale. A second way of scaling is time. So this is the most intentional scale. And it's something that I uh, am doing this year. I am scaling my business and it might end up equaling about the same revenue. My goal is actually about 90 K more than what I made last year. Maybe like 87 K more, I think is my goal more, but that was more just like the after effect of me scaling my time. So I'm scaling from one-on-one coaching to group coaching. I'm scaling down the number of hours that I'm spending and keeping my general revenue goals around the same in the same bracket. That is a way to scale and it is not better or worse or less valuable than scaling your business in money. Because if you think about it, for me, I am welcoming a baby end of June. I am going to be able to be that person. You know, my son has me, his dad, he has Mark and he has his dad's fiance. And we all have like busy jobs and demanding jobs. And I get to then be the person who's there for my daughter and has a clean schedule to be able to be there for my son more in ways that I really wasn't when he was three. So excited about that. And then The other thing, the other way to think about scaling is delivery. So you want to think about, am I scaling my business and getting better and better at delivering it in a way that gets my clients results quicker and quicker? That is like an underrated way to scale your business. And if you're not thinking about delivery at all with scaling, I would start thinking about it. Are you thinking about not just Uh, improving the ways that you're delivering and the how and the method and the automations, but are you improving the, the feedback loop? Are you getting feedback from your clients and making the process from start to finish to, and when I say finish, I mean, finish not to offboard, but finish to their results as efficient as possible, because that ultimately is scaling the value of your offer which will naturally make your prices go up, which will naturally make your time more valuable. Um, So all of it kind of uh, unintentionally scales together. 
Um, and then the final one that I've never heard anyone talk about, but I think about, and I haven't till I was prepping for this podcast. I hadn't thought about it in this way as scaling, but scaling for joy. And what I mean by that is the high quality question of, am I, or is my team delivering value in a way that feels more fun, joyful, and aligned. So for me, a way that that's showing up this year is in me saying no to a couple of things that my, even some of my best clients are requesting now certain different additions or ways that they're seeing other coaches provide certain things. And they, they want that. And it's tempting because I can, I can offer different things and it's tempting, especially as you start to scale back your time to have more space and time to want to just fill that back up. If you're a people pleaser, you probably also suffer from not having enough time. Shocker. Why? Because whenever you have space and someone asks you for something, you fill it right back up with serving them. And this doesn't mean that you have to slip out of service. It means the exact opposite. It means you're in your highest service. So let's, let's look at this a little bit as you grow your business and you hone your product or your service. And as you build your team, your team, your audience, your clients, your customers, your people, they're going to ask for things. So you're going to have more and more and more suggestions and requests. And sometimes from your team too, right? They're going to suggest that you offer a membership now because it's what they want. And that would really serve their schedule, or they're going to suggest you add a Slack channel because that's the way that they like to communicate. And if you're not careful, scaling can often tempt you to just do more. And here are some thought errors that I want you to be mindful of as you're scaling. More features in your business does not equal a better offer. More one-on-one time or attention for your clients does not equal better results for your clients. More calls added does not equal a better offer or better results. Saying yes and providing a solution to every person who asks for anything that crosses their mind does not make you a better CEO or a company or a person. You know what it makes you? A people pleaser. And it is not scalable. Not only that, but it prevents you from your highest service. And that's what I was saying before. If you're someone who is just a people pleaser and you're owning that identity as like this badge of honor as like, but I come to serve. Like I, you have to watch the YouTube so you can see my face right now. Like I'm making fun of you people. Like I come to serve. Yeah. I want to serve too. And I think my clients give me excellent feedback that like I am always in their highest service. And oftentimes serving them is telling them no, because people don't know that there's a difference between what they want right now, what they think they want and what they actually want in terms of results, what they want, what they might tell you they want are things that feel good, are convenient, are easy. It's like the things that are driven by their primitive brain. What they actually want, their well being is created by the results 
that are more aligned with their prefrontal cortex, the part of their brain that really has their future selves back. Okay. So the way I define being in your highest service, if that is something that's a core value of yours, which I think it should be for every business owner, it definitely is for me, is this is my definition of highest service, delivering my highest value to my best client in a way that suits both me and the client and delivers them the promised result. Okay. That was a mouthful, but I want to kind of unpack some of this delivering my highest value. So for you need to know what this is, what is your highest value? So for me, when people come to me, they think they want, let's say a one-off session. They're like, if I can just pay you for one call, like that would really help me. And I'm like, no, wouldn't help you. No. Cause what you want, like, what do you actually want? What do you want to come from this call? And they maybe say like, oh, well, more clarity or more motivation, or I just don't understand. And I'm like, okay, all of that, I can serve you the highest if you come into happening sessions. That is my highest value. Why? Because I've spent so much time thinking about my best client. So that's the second part. You need to know who is your best client. Who are the people you're serving? The answer can't be everyone. It just can't be. Because if the answer is everyone, that is not scalable. You cannot help every person at the highest value, right? So it's better to choose some clients, a specific niche that you can serve at your highest value. And then in the way that suits you and the client, this is going to require you to have a clear offer or offers, but I really don't like more than two max three offers my clients and I fight about this all day long. My clients that want to have like 10 offers, no, and requires policies so that you don't end up making decisions emotionally or in people pleasing. And it requires you to evolve. It requires you to evolve as you evolve, to always be asking yourself higher quality questions. My life is evolving. I am having a baby. Because of that last year, when I was planning to have a baby, I thought, how can I continue to be in my highest service of my clients? What that meant to me was how can I continue to deliver the highest value to my best client in a way that will suit me then and suit the client. And what I figured out was I'm at the perfect place to be delivering a group offer, a small group offer that really kind of feels more right now. And I knew that in highest service of them, it wouldn't stop in the middle of six months. Cause I do believe that momentum is created. So I was like, but I also believe in the highest service of me that I want to take a maternity leave that left me with a problem that was easily solvable when I wasn't people pleasing. I was like, Oh, I'll just hire the best coaches that I know to come in and guest coach for eight weeks you know what, how is that in highest service of my clients? Well, all of my clients are women. They also have lives. Lots of them also have children. Lots of them are showing up in people pleasing in their business, not taking time off for themselves because they don't think that it's in highest service of their client. So what I think highest service is right there is me for my clients, taking my maternity leave to show them an example of what's possible of how I can continue to sell, continue to earn, and continue to serve 
them and me. Are you thinking about this in a clean way? So I want you to think about your highest self service and make sure that you understand what is your highest value offer? Who is that best client? And what are the ways that you're delivering it that are suiting you and the client? And if you're not doing that right now, you don't have to pull the plug on your whole business, but you need to create a plan to scale towards that. It was like the second that I knew that I wanted more time and that 21 clients was like, okay, I'm not going to want to do this when I have a baby. I was like, okay, when do I want to do it by created my deadline? And I was like, March. And I was like, okay, that's when it is. I'm going to offboard my clients. I'm letting them know now I'm prepping them. I'm preparing them for the value. I'm selling the value of this group offer, selling myself on the value. I'm increasing the value. I'm improving the offer. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ew, one-on-one like group is the best offer ever. Right. I'm just kidding. I, I still have my five one-on-one clients. I love them dearly. So like I said, this process and what this looks like, your highest service will evolve as you evolve. But I see too many of my clients right now trying to build demand and scale their revenue through this sneaky form of people pleasing. So I'm going to get, leave you with these three examples. These are real life examples from my clients who all have completely different businesses and business models of what's happening when they're showing up really well-intended wanting to serve because after all, They can do these things that people are asking them to do, but it creates massive problems on the delivery end. Example number one is when people can't afford your price. So they ask you if you would create some sort of a lower level offer for them. Now, I am a big fan of having a lower level, like a a lower level offer, but for me, my lower level offer of value is my podcast. When people cannot afford me, I know that I still want to serve them and I'm showing up in highest service of them. I'm like, perfect. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go, you're going to listen to the podcast. You're going to follow me on Instagram. You're going to treat that as like school. You're going to do the things that I tell you to do in the podcast. I know I'm going to have to share some serious testimonials. I shared them on Instagram, but I've had so many of you listeners tell me some amazing stories of things that you did just from listening to the podcast. And I'm just so honored and blown away and proud of how seriously you're taking this of what I consider my low level offer of value, the value here, just because it's free does not mean that it isn't high quality value. So I'm very clear about that. And that was clean for me. So when someone tells me they can't afford it, first of all, I have lots of thoughts about that, right? You can never not afford something. It's always just a matter of when, or what's the, uh, the cost benefit analysis of paying for it now and then making the money later. But I, I really think about, I really think about if you're showing up in people pleasing here, you're going to create a low level offer that doesn't make sense for your client or for you. So the ask was that they still really wanted one-on-one consult in relation to the offer. They just didn't need all of the other bells and whistles, quote unquote. And the person's like, well, I can do this. I can just have a conversation with them. It's only going to cost me time and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
the problem with this? So the ask is a low level offer. The reason is they can't afford it. The people pleasing thought is, well, it's not really going to cost me anything. I can do it. And the problem that it creates is it's not scalable. And ultimately it creates resentment towards those clients. You end up showing up in a weird way towards them. That isn't in the highest service. You might not even notice it, but like anytime your calendar fills up with these people now that know that they can pay you 50 bucks, they're not stretching themselves to become the person that can afford your highest value offer. Instead, you're telling them, no, no, you're right for you. You're not good enough for my highest value. I'll just dumb down the value and resent you while I give it to you. And you call this service. No, stop it. Okay. Example number two, the ask was to, was for like all the slight custom tweaks to an offer. I have a client with a product-based business and People keep being like, oh, I love this, but could you just add this or just take this out? And the people pleasing thought is it's not that hard and it doesn't take that long. Really want you to analyze this thought. If you're saying like, oh, it only takes me a little bit of time. That is not scalable. You want it to be your most efficient and you want to understand that if these people, if you're spending lots of time scaling these people, or serving these people, you're taking away from serving at your highest offer. So the problem is that uh, here's another problem you probably don't even see is that it dilutes your offer and confuses your audience. They start looking and they're like, oh, she does that. Oh, and she does that. And I could just ask her this. What exactly does she offer? And sales 101, a confused brain is a no. If you have too many offers, too many offers is also what not scalable. Okay. And example number three is, was the ask for, to add a community page to a coaching offer now, or a Slack channel. Now this is something that I've been asked so many times. So this is an example of mine. The people pleasing thought there would be, well, I could see how it would add value. I like to be a part of community pages. I love to chat with people. I love a community. They want it, right? So these are all the sneaky people pleasing thoughts. And then the problem is that it's not the joyful way that I like to serve. It would require a highly qualified trained coach to manage as the admin if I were to hire this out. So therefore it's not scalable in terms of cost right now for me. Now, long-term, it might be something that I can afford to add on if I want to add on that cost. And I do think that the value will match the cost, right? I have to do that math, but right now for me, in terms of how much time it would take me to manage this additional page, that seems like just a simple, easy ad, just add a Slack channel, doesn't cost anything. People would be asking questions in there all the time. Other people would be trying to give each other advice. They're not qualified coaches. I would have to come in and look like the bad guy, deleting posts and deleting comments and correcting people. And it's not the most joyful way that I like to serve. Now, that is one of the hardest things to discover within your your people-pleasing scaling is what are the things that you could do that might add value that might not cost you money 
or it might not cost you time, but would cost you money or might not cost you money, but cost you time. Is it still scaling in a more joyful way for you? And if the answer is no, it's a no for me. If you don't care about having a joyful business in the future, then ignore this. But I think most of you who are listening, you are your own business owner because you wanted more joy in your life. And you saw this as the route to it. I could do whatever I want. I'll be my own boss. Well, being your own boss means you act like a boss and being a boss means not people pleasing. It means asking yourself high quality questions and showing up and scaling with the math and with the feelings, right? So are you scaling for your time, for your money, for the delivery efficiency of results for your clients and for joy? Ultimately, scaling your business should feel like choosing current discomfort and trading it for future joy, ease, and increased value. And I think if you follow that simple guideline and it it is simple, but it's not easy. It, it requires you to constantly be asking yourself high quality questions, but it really is just thinking about that, like zoomed out in those four ways, time, money, delivery, and joy. And if you have any examples of ways in which people are asking you for things and you feel like obligated or stuck in this cycle and you can't get out, then you should really set up a console or you should consider joining happening sessions. These are the exact types of problems that we solve for. Now, happening sessions currently is closed, but we do have a wait list for October. And I want to make sure that by the time October round of happening sessions comes that I am selecting the best 15 people for this. So I plan on this selling out very early and there will be an application round. And I want you guys to explain to me why you are ready for this type of CEO level mastery. And I'm very serious about this. Like, I want you to think about this as an opportunity to become the version of yourself, your future CEO self that you cannot otherwise access if you're just showing up in your current, like scattered, unmanaged brain. All right. So go over to the waitlist is not on the website yet, but I'll make sure it gets up there soon. Currently you can get on the waitlist by going to my Instagram and going to the link in my bio over there. I will also add the link to the show notes for you to get on the waitlist for the October happening sessions round. I am so excited you guys to give you the feedback of all the people that joined in March and all the crazy results that they're going to be getting. But in the meantime, go have fun scaling towards joy. Make yourself some more time and make yourself some more money and get your clients results. All right. Have a beautiful day. Hey, hamsters. If you want to learn more about today's topic, head over to what's happening.com forward slash podcast. That's what's happening, W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G.com forward slash podcast. If you're a business owner and you're resonating with what we talk about here, what are you even doing? Come hang out with me over where the party's at on Instagram at what's happening, W-Jess. Again, that's happy, 
H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G and book a discovery call to see if coaching is your next best step.